Hi, I'm James Verdier, and welcome to the American Institute of Biological Sciences Bioscience Talks, which is a forum for integrating the life sciences. And if you'd like to read more, point your browser to academic.oup.com forward slash bioscience. For this episode, we wanted to explore one of the ways in which science has adapted to the pandemic era. Our regular listeners will be familiar with the meetings of the American Society for Gravitational and Space Research, which we've had the great fortune to attend in the past. Now, those meetings are hugely collaborative and interdisciplinary. And we thought it would be interesting to catch up with a previous guest from one of those meetings to talk about the experience of taking a meeting like that one online. So today's guest is Dr. Kevin Sato, who's past president of ASGSR and chair of the organizing committee for the 2020 ASGSR virtual meeting. And with no further ado, let's just go straight to the interview. Dr. Sato, thank you very much for joining me today. Oh, and thank you for the invitation to uh, talk with you. Okay, so I think our listeners will be pretty familiar with the general idea of scientific societies and their broader role in terms of, you know, catalyzing action and bringing people together. But one thing we haven't talked so very much about is the role of the meeting itself. So I was hoping you could get us going by telling us a little bit about, you know, what the annual meeting means to an organization like ASGSR. Oh, yeah. The uh, the annual meeting for the ASGSR is actually uh, very important, and it's one of our core um I think uh, events that we have every year. What it, the importance of it is that it brings together our entire science community, um, but it also includes uh, uh, space agency uh, officials and industry, um, commercial partners, and uh, engineering groups that help to provide us with our vehicles and our um, hardware to do the science. And so it brings everyone together to have this great time to talk to each other, to discuss, to catch up, to network, um, and, and, and be able to make new connections to areas of science or engineering that they may never have had in the past, which ultimately leads to a great improvement and advancement in the type of science that we can do uh, for spaceflight research as well as, as ground science. Um, originally, our society uh, was the American Society for Gravitational and Space Biology and really focused on all of the biological research that was going on uh, to understand how life responds and adapts to the spaceflight environment uh, for fundamental scientific needs, but also for applications. Um, also, because of the society and its needs for research on the space shuttle and eventually the International Space Station, um, it helped to build a I would say a commercial industry uh, that was related to um, engineering habitats and engineering facilities and capabilities uh, to do this work. And a number of companies um, actually emerged uh, through, um, not necessarily through ASGSR, ASGSB itself, uh, but through the needs of our community. And it was through the annual meetings that our investigators our uh, science leadership in the agencies could connect with commercial groups and connect with each other. Um, as time went on, um, the society uh, decided to also include uh, the physical sciences and fundamental physics as part of our society, because really what our society is studying is the role of gravity uh, in processes. And many of those processes are uh, affect uh, fundamental physics as well as physical physical sciences such as combustion uh, and materials and fluid flow physics. 
Um, and so over time, this group, that group has integrated within ours. And it's also, again, because of that ability for the scientists to meet each other in one place and to talk and see the work that each other is doing, uh, you know, collaborations have been set up uh, that are looking into biophysics, uh, that are looking at how uh, fluids affect uh, liquid flow for watering plants and other things. And so it's a very important part of our society um, to be able to bring everyone together to talk and to hear what is going on between scientists, what's going on for the agencies and the future of the agencies, and um, you know, really to understand um, how, how we do things. But the other important part is that we also bring in students uh, from middle school students and high school students, graduates and graduate students and, uh, and undergrads to this meeting. Uh, they're invited, uh, they have full access to everything and it's really great because they get to learn a lot about what's going on in science to help bring their education forward. We also have a poster competition for them to present their science and really talk to the professional scientists uh, at this meeting, again, build connections and also to help them to learn. Uh, we also have a very active student board, uh, which participates in many of the things that the main board participates in, which is bringing our science, bringing our interest for the future of, of research and education from STEM and, and beyond to congressional leaders. And um, you know, many times these congressional leaders are actually very excited and motivated to hear the students speak because they realize that these are the future. These students are the future of science in this country as well as in the world. And so they really want to know what they're thinking and what they want to do uh, in order to help guide things that would be done from a policy level or from a congressional level. So one really gets that sense when you attend the meeting uh, of large groups of people coming together and there's a spirit of collaboration um, that, like you say, spans, you know, from high school students through to, um, you know, senior researchers at the tops of their fields. Um, let's go back, though, to March of this year. You know, uh, things are beginning to close down. You know, your meeting is uh, scheduled for November, so you have some time, you know, What's that experience like when you first start to kind of realize that having the type of, you know, massive in-person meeting um, that you've had for many, many years might be challenging? You know, what are what are those early talks like? So, yeah, it was actually um, something uh, we had been thinking about uh, probably in January and February when uh, there was, was the realization that we may not be able to meet in person. Um, initially, uh, as with any of these meetings, we had to start with first developing a program that was for a full face-to-face -face meeting. Um, however, um, Gail Allen, who's the executive director, um, and Joby Cook and Emily Eicher um, began to think about, okay, what is going to happen if we don't have a face-to-face? -face? And the first thing that really needed to be dealt with was was the um, hotel that we were going to be at in Houston. And so, you know, they did a lot of work with that hotel and they were generous enough to be able to say, hey, uh, we come back, you know, uh, in two years, if you come back to Houston for the meeting, we can go ahead and cancel uh, the meeting this year, which was very important um, because I do know for other conferences and events that were occurring, some of those hotels were saying no 
um, if you cancel, you pay for everything. And so, you know, is that generosity and ability of that hotel to work with us that really set the stage for us to say, okay, we need to pivot. We need to now take a look at what this meeting will be um, if we move to uh, a virtual uh, setting. And so members of our organization committee had already started working with other conference committees uh, for other societies they were in uh, for virtual meetings. And so they were bringing their experiences for how things were being set up. Um, we talked to a group uh, that handles uh, virtual meetings in NASA uh, called the Space uh, Solar System, uh, it's called Survey. And um, they told us their experiences related to conducting virtual meetings, uh, you know, the times, how long you want to set the meetings for. So really what we had to do is figure out what were the logistics and what were uh, the properties of a virtual meeting uh, first, before we began to take a look at how we were going to now change our main schedule into a virtual schedule. And so based on that information, um, you know, we identified what were the key elements of the meeting uh, that we wanted to have that would still provide a highly engaging uh, scientific discourse and information for our community, yet would fit within a very short period of time because you can't necessarily um, have these full long day meetings, you know, with people sitting on the computer all day. You had to, you know, be within, you know, say five to six hours. Yet you still wanted to be able to provide the fullest and uh, content that you can for the science. And so we worked through that. We developed multiple schedules, uh, multiple concepts and ideas for what that meeting would look like. And then finally settled on the two day meeting that started at a time in the morning that was amenable to people on the West Coast, but wasn't too late for ending for people on the East Coast, and then determine uh, what were the, the key elements, keynote speakers, uh, president's plenary session. And rather than having uh, single sessions for the science, we ended up breaking those out so that the communities could get more focus on the work that they did. And then um, we also brought in um, key elements uh, such as ISS National Labs and the Human Research Program uh, to give full sessions as well. Uh, and then also the other part that was probably the more uh, challenging was how are we going to still do our abstract call in posters? Because um, clearly uh, we, we wanted to be able, normal poster sessions had communication and discourse uh, between scientists, but this time we couldn't. Also, the student competitions, you know, you want to hear what the students have to say about their posters or their science uh, in order to be able to um, communicate what it means so we can have that same competition, but also uh, we can learn what they were doing. And so, you know, that was probably the more difficult part of it um, in terms of how we pivoted towards um, being able to have recorded short talks um, that were then posted and are still posted. Um, and also um, how we were going to do the students. And uh, fortunately, there were a couple of examples that we could use through Rascal, uh, which is a, a NASA challenge uh, that they do with high school students. And one of our, um, a couple of our um, uh, committee members also were working on uh, virtual uh, poster sessions with communication from the students. And so we really, we ended up, one, working from scratch but also incorporating 
new information and experiences that people were having uh, from changing other conferences to virtual meetings uh, to, to build our conference for this year. That's interesting. So is there something of an advantage of not having had your meeting scheduled in, you know, July or something like that, and instead of having that extra few months? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the key parts was really identifying what the platform was uh, that we were going to use. And um, we, our, our, our uh, leadership, uh, Emily Eicher, uh, Gail Allen, and Joby Cook, and also a small committee that we put together, subcommittee, identified a company called Metro, Communica- uh, Metro Connection. Uh, to uh, to run the platform, but that took time, and um, we didn't have that identified because uh, we needed to take a look at multiple groups until around August. So if we had to do this in July, um, it would have been extremely challenging to a point that we may have had to think about canceling um, the meeting because it would have just been too fast uh, to be able to to swap things or we would have had to have reduced the meeting down a significant amount uh, in order to be able to meet a very short time frame. So the November time frame was was perfect uh, for us to be able to get everything together to have the type of meeting that we felt was worthy of our uh, science community. Yeah, and forgive me for having a poor memory of past calendars, but did you end up adjusting the dates at all beyond you know obviously compressing from a you know longer meeting into a, a two day event? Yes, we did. Uh, normally, our meetings are about four days, uh, three and a half to four days. Uh, we also have pre-meeting workshops. Um, all of those things were thrown out the door, and uh, we ended up uh, compressing down to two days. So it sounds like the core effort here is really, uh, you know, kind of highlighting the the things that are most important to the meeting and the things that make the meeting what it is, and you know, sharing them over a time frame that's that's you know, bearable. I think one of the things that, you know, not many of us realized um, in, in until March was that uh, one gets fatigued sitting in front of a computer and engaged in a bunch of virtual sessions all day. Um, so, you know, that there's that necessity to, you know, shorten something that normally could go on 13 hours, 14 hours into something that's a lot shorter. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and the other thing too, that we were well aware of is that our community, as well as you know, our professional engineering communities, uh, the space agency uh, leadership, they were all having to do conferences and large, large um, sort of workshops all virtually, you know. And so we had to be aware of the fact that of, of uh, you know, viewer fatigue, you know, for every single conference or virtual activity that was going on, including meetings. Uh, you know, so it was important, you know, that the group we had was uh, representative of our diverse um, science community so that we could still bring them something where it's not just a yet again another virtual conference, but hey, you know, something that's going to be extremely interesting and important with high content because you do have to consider that fatigue that everyone's going through right now to just be on your com- computer to communicate. And were you able to bake in any of the interactivity to the meeting in the virtual sense, um, you know, that, that I think characterizes it in a lot of ways, uh, you know, in the in-person form? Um, yeah, I think that's, that's the part that we're going to actually think about for uh, the next meeting for next year, if it's also virtual, is how can we actually get more um, 
uh, ability to have that interactive communication. I mean, there, our talks had question sessions so people could submit questions, um, you know, for, for the speakers, but we were still missing the ability of someone to walk up to the speakers afterwards and say, hey, what can we do here? Um, and so that's something we'll need to we'll need to do. We'll have more time to be able to consider those avenues. And uh, you know, the the Solar System Exploration Virtual Research Institute, or as I mentioned, Survey, um, they actually have a lot of experience with being able to bring large conferences together, where you can still have these side rooms where investigators can meet and talk about things, or the ability to have poster sessions and have some some level of uh, discourse and questions between the the students and the speakers or the presenters and the and the uh, people are viewing the websites um, you know so you know there I think there's there's going to be opportunities to incorporate more interactive um, processes and that's something we can look at for next year this year we just really did not have the time uh, to be able to do that and so we wanted to keep things as simple as possible so that People did not have problems getting onto the website, didn't have problems getting into the talks, and could at least hear uh, someone speaking like with the posters, uh, with mini presentations uh, still. And, and so, yeah, so we, we lost a lot of the standard communication that we would have from face-to-face, -face, um, but there are, we will have conversations next year um, whether we can start to bring some of those things back. And I guess the next question then would be, you know, how did it go? Uh, our listeners will be hearing this uh, probably just about a month after the event actually took place. But, you know, how did how was the experience and, and you know, how did people enjoy it? Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, we have sent out a survey uh, recently that just went out to poll our uh, the viewers to for their input and comments. Um, from a general perspective, what we've heard from, you know, uh, a a number of people or a couple of different groups is that they felt the the meeting was excellent, uh, that they they got a lot out of it, um, and they really enjoyed uh, it, its setup and being able to see what they could at the, at the time. So I think it, it went well. Um, I felt that Metro Connection and how they set up the program and connecting in was seamless. I mean, it was really easy to go back and forth between to all the talks at will. Um, and so I think the ease was good, but overall, my understanding is everyone enjoyed the meeting, felt they got a lot out of it. Um, but we'll, we'll learn more, uh, once we get the surveys back, uh, that will, that will help us for the next one, but possibly also, I think the interesting part too is what I didn't mention is, um, because now we have the ability to potentially do things virtually, uh, the question is, can we uh, incorporate some of these virtual capabilities into a face-to-face -face meeting? So if some people can't make the meeting or some students can't make the meeting, they can still present their material or their, or their posters. So um, I think there's, there was a lot of learning that we uh, gained from this virtual that we probably wouldn't have if we, if we didn't have to go through it. Yeah, that's interesting. And that's, you know, a theme that I've, I've heard developing over a, a, quite a few conversations of all sorts of workplace scenarios is the idea of taking some of the lessons that we're learning right now in a, in a real hurry and potentially being able to incorporate them, you know, as and when things kind of get back to quote unquote normal. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the exciting thing too, and, and um, you know, Gail Allen was involved in some other meetings. And I think we also saw this with the ISS National Lab R&D conference. You know, because this was virtual, uh, it didn't require people to um, have to travel 
that normally maybe wouldn't have come to this meeting if they didn't have the travel funds or just really didn't have the time. And so, you know, you, you start to see a lot of people uh, joining the meeting who may not may not have been there. And from our perspective as a society, that's important because it could potentially be bringing in people who didn't know much about the society, didn't know much about uh, space research, um, and could be, uh, and also uh, a lot of students can't necessarily travel. So it can be bringing in more uh, next generation students. And so, um, you know, we felt that, you know, overall, um, given even though we weren't able to meet face to face, we felt that this virtual meeting really uh, provided a really nice opportunity to um, expand our community, expand our reach and communication to people who may not normally attend simply because they just uh, can't travel or they travel to other meetings. And this is one that just doesn't fall into the time frame that they can they can go. That's very exciting. And um, I guess, you know, uh, to close it out, what's on the books for next year? I'm guessing the only thing that's certain is that there is some degree of uncertainty. Yes, yeah. So what's on the book next year is that our ASTSR meeting currently is planned for Baltimore as a face-to-face meeting. Um, Again, Gail Allen and our our core um, uh, executive board, they are keeping an eye on the situation uh, for COVID-19. Um, You know, even with the uh, vaccine that looks like it's pending, uh, you know, people are still considering and we're still considering because we do have a lot of people that are in the medical field or, you know, they they know the biology, you know, um, you know, are still thinking about is it is it is it worth it for us to still have the meeting in that time frame, given everything is still going to be new, you know, or is it a situation where we'll have a face to face meeting, but also combine it. Uh, with virtual so that people who still don't feel comfortable traveling but still want to gain uh, the benefits of the vir- of the ASGSR meetings and still attend. So um, everything's still on the table, everything's still in work and um, you know we're there we're monitoring uh, the situation uh, as as it develops for COVID-19. We're keeping our fingers crossed for face-to-face but we understand you know the priority is to keep everyone safe, uh, to keep our membership safe, students safe, you know, and that's our number one priority. And that will be probably one of the highest priorities that we consider uh, that the organizing committee next year, for next year's meeting, will consider uh, in making a decision on how they want to proceed. Well, whether it's uh, in person or virtual, uh, we will certainly look forward to it. Uh, Dr. Sato, thank you very much for joining me today. Oh, thank you very much. And that concludes this episode of Bioscience Talks. Just a reminder, the journal Bioscience is published by Oxford University Press on behalf of the American Institute of Biological Sciences and is made possible by the support of our members and donors. Thank you, and talk to you next time.